how are you now? How are you right now? We're back, and it's another back-to-back, folks. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am here to talk about your Montreal Canadiens starting their back-to-back in New Jersey against the Devils. They'll have Ottawa uh, in Ottawa tomorrow night or tonight depending on when you're listening to this. So it's a back-to-back with travel and we know, I think we all know full well what happened the last time that they had one of those. Uh, Didn't go so great on the second one in particular. So... um, just kind of hoping for better this time around, all right? I don't necessarily need two wins. Matter of fact, I don't care if it's two losses. I just want to see better hockey being played, and we're going to get to it. Uh, I'll give you the recap. We'll go through this Devils game and let you know how they started that back-to-back, but first, with the NFL playoffs in full swing and the NBA season as well, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. So head there today to get in the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And before this game started, uh, I decided to take a quick look because I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember um, when the last time was that I looked at the NHL standings. And the Devils don't play in the same division as the Habs, so I definitely don't have those standings memorized. I took a look, and I was kind of surprised to see the Devils only had three more points or four more points before the game than the Montreal Canadiens. Um, not really that much further ahead. Definitely a team that's considered to be further ahead in their rebuild and a team that is kind of pushing towards that that bubble position where they could potentially be challenging for a wildcard spot in the playoffs when the time comes around. Uh, so it kind of goes to show how perceptions of where a team is at in their rebuild can kind of influence how you feel about them because if if we were where the devils are and we had that many points, I would be probably fuming after every loss, you know? But we're not. Uh, the Habs are considerably earlier in their rebuild. So the fact that they were coming into this game, you know, with what, 43 points, I think? Yeah, 43 points. Not a problem, really, for us. I think the Devils fans are probably a little bit more, you know, losing patience with their team. But at the same time, you know, there's two teams that are trying to come out the other side of a rebuild. So, um, Devils are betting favorites in this one, but anything can happen. It's the NHL, and we start this game out with, honestly, a really good pace. Um, There's just no whistles for the first seven minutes. Not a lot of shots on goal. There was only three total shots on goal through those first seven minutes, but no whistles. I mean, they're flying out there both directions. Uh, It's pretty good, exciting, fast-paced hockey. We get past the midway point of the period, and there's a flurry of chances, two or three in a row, for the Devils, all stopped by Semyon Montembeau, and then the Habs go the other way with it. They're on the forecheck. Puck gets kicked up in the air behind the net, and Cole Caulfield manages to bat it backwards into the slot. The trailer coming in is Uri Slavkovsky, and he just dunks this one. one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Slavkovsky is on a heater, folks. Habs... They have from there, they had to kill a penalty. They had to play some good defense. They also had a few chances of their own. Uh, Really not a bad way to close out that period. Good from Samuel Montembeau for sure. And they take that 1-0 lead into the room going into the second period. Very early in the second period, Mike Matheson takes a high-sticking penalty against Nico Heischer. So they got to fight that one off. They do. 
They get a power play of their own. That doesn't go. And then it's kind of back and forth hockey from there until we get into the second half of the period and what happens with around five minutes to play. Yoel Armia sends Sean Monahan in on kind of a one-on-one with Simon Nemich. Okay, but he has a trailer. Monahan does. Coming behind him. Guess who it is? It's not Yoel Armia. It's Le Sniper Beauceron, Joshua Roy, and Monaghan stops up on Nemich. Nemich isn't sure what to do. He slides it over to Roy, and Le Sniper Beauceron scores his first NHL goal, giving the Montreal Canadiens a 2-0 lead. Fucking right. I was waiting for that. I predicted it in the EOTP Slack chat. Within the first five minutes of the game, I posted in there. I said, my boy's going to score tonight. I can feel it because he just looked like it, he looked like it was going to be one of those nights. And it was. And the Habs have a two-goal lead, which we also understand is quite problematic for them. So I was somewhat conflicted there. Very happy to see my boy get a goal. But at the same time, it's a, a two-goal lead. And you know the Habs, they tend to sit on those. And they do precisely that. The remainder of that period is pretty heavily in favor of the Devils. The Habs kind of just backing off going into that Montreal shell. And uh, at the very end of the period, with about 40 seconds left on the clock, Nick Suzuki takes a four-minute high-sticking penalty, which bleeds into the third period. They've got three minutes and change left to kill on the other side when they come back out for the final 20 minutes. And, of course, it hurts. Luke Hughes gets a rip through plenty of traffic in front of Samuel Montembeau. He was playing a magnificent game. Uh, that was really the only way they were going to get pucks past him was by getting traffic in front. And it's 2-1. to one. And then they still have two minutes to kill off because it was a four-minute. So, you know, the clock resets to two minutes on the penalty kill. And pretty quickly at, into those two minutes, Alexander Holtz at the other point with a shot through traffic. And that one gets through as well. And just like that, the game is tied. Despite every good thing that the Montreal Canadiens did to get that two-goal lead, it's gone. Just like that, evaporated into thin air. And now they got to fight their way back into this game because the Devils are riding a momentum wave from hell. There's really nothing that the Habs seem to be able to do. But gradually, you know, slowly but surely, Samuel Montembeau had to make some nice saves. But they start to, you know, scratch and claw their way back into this game a little bit. And all of a sudden, they realize they're not sitting on a two-goal lead. And now they're starting to get chances. And then, you know, we get a point shot from Jordan Harris. All right? Sean Monaghan's just attacking the net. Uh, doesn't give Nico Dawes an opportunity to freeze that puck. And he knocks it back into the slot. And Cole Caulfield is standing there. He gets his stick on it and just trickles it over the line. One of the greasier goals you're ever going to see Cole Caulfield get. And he puts the Habs up 3-2. to two. The Devils would pull Nico Dawes for the extra skater. But the Habs were playing some excellent hockey. One of the few times this season where I saw them play good hockey with a lead um, in, the, in the dying minutes of that game. And the Devils couldn't do shit, not even with their net empty. The Montreal Canadiens walk out of New Jersey with a 3-2 to two win. What a game. I am very happy with that effort. I this was this was not even close to the same thing. Like the Colorado game was a good effort. They played very well defensively, blocked a lot of shots. This game was actually a lot closer in terms of attempts, in terms of scoring chances. You probably would have to give the edge to New Jersey in in possession, in scoring chances. Um, but when you have Samuel Montembeau playing a good game, uh, I wouldn't even I would not call this a steal for Semyon Moldambo. I would say he did enough to give them a chance to win the game, uh, and they took it from there. They actually played a very good game against the Devils, so I have zero complaints. Um, please, please may the hockey gods allow them to just give me a similar effort 
tomorrow night in Ottawa. I don't give a shit if they lose. If they lose, you know, a nice entertaining five to four game that at least I can I can look at it and I can I can pick out some positives and everything, I will be 100% happy. I do not care if they win. I just want more efforts like that. That's what I want to see. That gets me fired up. And it just so happens, of course, your player of the game. Uh, who do you think I'm going to pick? Take a wild fucking guess. Joshua, what? Le Sniper Beauceron is your player of the game. He led the team in shots with five on goal. Um, played, I think that was the most minutes that he's played in a game so far in only his third game in the NHL. Um, looked absolutely fantastic. Both ends of the ice. Good 200-foot game. He's getting chances. He cashed one. Uh, and turns out he is the youngest Québécois-born player depuis uh, Guillaume Latendresse a marqué un but pour le Canadien. À 20 ans. La dernière fois qu'on avait quelqu'un cet âge-là qui a marqué un but, c'était Guillaume Latendresse en 2007-2008, mon tabarnak. For all of my anglophones who didn't understand that, he's the youngest Québécois-born player to score a goal for the Montreal Canadiens since Guillaume Latendresse in 2007-2008. Holy shit. It's just been so long that they've either had to reach uh, in trades, overpay, in free agency, whatever it may be, to try and get that homegrown talent on their roster. And now they've got one. And I, I gotta say, I'm absolutely um, 1,000% stoked for this kid. I've been yelling to anybody and everybody who will listen and also to anybody and everybody who, who doesn't want to listen about this kid for years. Uh, and he went out there and showed precisely what he's capable of against the Devils. His first two games, anybody who listened to the episodes here, you heard me talk about it. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled. I didn't think he was bad. I thought he was okay. I thought he was serviceable. But uh, he really seemed to be getting his bearings over the course of those games and then just coming out party here in this one. I shouldn't call it a coming out party because that's like a little, it might be a little premature for that. But it was a fantastic game. And he's the kind of player that, uh, I've, this is what I was saying about him last year when I said it would be nice if they if they gave him a shot as, a, as an emergency call up when they called up um, Owen Beck instead. Because he's a, he's a sponge, right? He's got an incredible work ethic. He's constantly trying to fix areas of his game that he thinks are problematic. And I said, you know, if you give him a taste of the NHL, at the the absolute worst case scenario is that he doesn't do super well and he's going to learn a lot from it. And now with a three-game taste, you're seeing precisely what I said last year when I was trying to promote that, which is, you know, he gets two games. Uh, they, again, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. He didn't, you know, jump off the page when you were watching those two games against the Oilers or the Avalanche, but he was okay. And then third game, all of a sudden, he puts it together. And I, I think the, the longer he stays up, the better it's going to be for him. I would expect that at the very least they paper him down to Laval at some point because they're going to want him to be on that playoff run with the Rocket. Uh, the Rocket are going to need him for a playoff run uh, if they, you know, assuming that they end up making it. Um, but he's learning a lot in the NHL, and we're, we're starting to see the type of player that he can be. The one thing that I would say is let him play on the penalty kill. Martin Saint-Louis, I don't know. I'm sure you don't listen to my podcast, but if you ever do, let that kid play on the penalty kill. The penalty kill was atrocious um, at the start of the third period there. You you really need somebody that can kind of flip, flip, flip the script a little bit and start getting the puck going the other way. That's something he did very well in junior and with Team Canada at the, at the World Juniors. Um, give him a shot there. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Um, and 
I think Habs fans are, are not disappointed now that they've seen what he's capable of. And uh, we should be excited. We should be happy for this kid, and we should be excited uh, about the future of this team because that was also, aside from having a young player score his first NHL goal, uh, that was also just a very, very good game from the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll move on from my boy, and we'll talk about some other performances that stood out. Most notably for me, Uri Slavkovsky. Um, he was a menace on the ice in that game, an absolute menace. That goal that he scored was, it was a pretty simple one. You know, go to the net with your stick on the ice. But there were so many other things that he was doing in that game. Uh, Everything that he does seems to be authoritative at this point. When he puts the body on somebody, he does it with, like, you know, with dad energy. Like, I'm I'm bigger and stronger than you, and I can beat you up. (laughs) Like, he's, and he's doing this all over the ice. He's playing very well in his own zone. Um, He could have had... By my count, I, I thought he had three good scoring chances there. Obviously, cashed in on the one. So hypothetically, you've got if you know with a little bit more fine tuning, a potential hat trick performance there. So I don't, I don't want to blow it out of proportion or anything, but I really do think that that was the kind of game. If he repeats that over and over and over again, the goals are just going to keep flowing, and he's on a heater right now. I mean, what more can you ask for? The people who were shitting all over this kid. When he was, you know, slow last year to get started, and then he got hurt, and he was slow to get started this year. They couldn't figure out what line to put him on. Everybody who's been shitting on that kid, they must just be eating the biggest plate of shit of their lives right now. Because you got all these takes that you put out there into the ether, and they're all going to come back flying into your face. This is a lesson in not dumping all over a prospect just because he doesn't play for your team. All right? Sportsnet, are you listening? It's a lesson in not dumping all over prospects just because they don't play for your team. As a matter of fact, Sportsnet, you could probably take that same fucking advice for your own Leafs prospects because you guys really need to stop shitting all over them too. But I digress. Um, Uri Slavkovsky is doing a lot right now to silence a lot of the haters, and you got to love it. It's it's fun to be along the ride for, and uh, he's becoming the player that they drafted him for, and this is great news uh, for the rebuild. More great news for the rebuild comes in the form of maybe finding your starting goaltender for at least the next couple of years. Samuel Montembeau, again, did not steal this game. I will say the same thing that I said uh, with Jake Allen against Colorado. I think they both played well, and what they both did was they played well enough to give their team a chance to win. They didn't have to steal it, but he did have to make some really nice saves, and uh, this game could have either been closer I guess it already was close, but this game either could have been tied, could have been going into overtime, uh, and they, you know, they may have had to fight their like the just the script of the game could have been different if not for the way he played in net. So, you know, the only two goals that got past him were point shots through traffic on that power play. It's a, another near perfect performance from him this season. He's been fantastic. Uh, the fact that he's not going to be going to the All Star game is a travesty to me. Um, I'm, I've been unbelievably impressed you know something that I was talking about during the game in the EOTB chat was you know how when you have a good goaltender and a like a high danger scoring chance is coming at your team and you don't really worry about it like normally when a breakaway happens for their team you kind of sit up and you go oh fuck there's none of that with him and I've only really felt that a few times in my life with this team one the first time was Patrick Awaya when I was a little kid all right and I, I didn't get to see very much of him. He was like, I was like six, seven years old when he got traded. So, um, you know, I didn't get that for very long. And then the next time, it was uh, about a season and a half of Jose Theodore in the 2000s. Next time after that, it was Carey Price. 
particularly his run from like 2012 through 2017-ish uh, before he got hurt. And then again in, in the playoffs in, in that Stanley Cup uh, finals run. It, it hasn't happened many times in my lifetime. And I'm, I feel that this season with Samuel Montembeau. Like they got a breakaway at one point. I think it was Dawson Mercer in the second period. And I didn't even move a muscle. Like I just kind of sat back in my chair and I went, all right. And then he stopped it. And he, he's been doing that, you know, game in, game out. He's been just providing you with excellent goaltending. He's not getting beat by anything that he can see. Right, If he can see it and if he can get square to it, he's making the save. It's literally, look at the game against the Devils. Two super screened point shots. That was all they could muster up. That's the only way that they could score. This is, if that's your starting goaltender, you know, he's 27 years old. I think a few episodes back, I thought he was 25. He's actually 27. So goaltenders, you know, it's it's hard to read. You know, some of them last until they're 40. Some of them last until they're 35. You never know when a goaltender's career is going to be done. I don't even think they know until somebody taps them on the shoulder and says, hey, man, yeah, I think we're going to have to tell you to pack it in. Um, so he's very much hypothetically in his prime as a goaltender. How long that prime lasts, it varies from goalie to goalie. So if you look at how he played last year, you'd have to say if he wasn't in his prime last year, then it just started this year. Maybe you could argue he was in his prime last year, so we're in, what, year two of his prime? I mean, there's a distinct possibility that this guy is the answer for them towards the other side of the rebuild, maybe for the first couple of years that they're ready to compete. He's the guy. He's playing that good right now that I think you you can't dismiss him and say, well, no, he was a wa- he was on waivers, so there's no way that he's going to be there. What are you talking about? He's doing it right now. He's doing it right now, and he's doing it on a team that isn't ready to compete. If you're getting goaltending like that when you actually have a team that's built to go to the playoffs and to do something in it, whew, that's dangerous, especially when you have it at the AAV that he costs. So uh, that's more great news, more fantastic hockey from him. Outside of that, oh, man, I don't even have much else to say. I was so, so, so happy with that performance. And again, I just hope that they can carry that into their game against the Senators because I don't want a repeat of the last back-to-back with travel where they sucked. They were absolutely brutal in the second half of it. So, um, I mean, the the D played well in that game. I thought Mike Matheson was good. Uh, I thought Caden Gooley was great. Um, Jaden Struble had some really good moments in that game. Jordan Harris obviously had some good moments. Uh, I have no I have no complaints about that game. No complaints about anybody. Yoel Armia. Had a really good penalty. He was the one guy who actually looked good on the penalty kill uh, earlier in the game in what the the second period. He looked great on the penalty kill. I have no complaints about that game. That was excellent. And uh, just do that again tomorrow night or tonight again, depending when you're listening to this episode. So I'm going to cut it off there because I'm stoked uh, and I need to go to bed because we got to do this all over again tomorrow night. So uh, what are we running? We're over 19 minutes. So c'est une soirée, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Et je dirais que c'est un, un, une soirée magnifique pour les employés de soutien parce que le sniper Beauceron a marqué son premier but dans la Ligue Nationale. So we are stoked, we are excited, and we'll catch you tomorrow. We're on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening, and of course, à la prochaine.